and welcome to Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmaya Mission New Zealand. Hi everyone, welcome back. My name is Akash and in the studio we have Ishanji and Puja. Hi yom. All right, today what we want to talk about is exploring dharma as a householder. Now, last it's kind of, I don't know, somewhat controversial, right? To be trying to lead a life of spirituality and you got to try and get rid of all your desires. and But then you go and get married. Mm. You fall right back into it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yep. So we know that there's different stages, the different stages of life. And this is one of them. Yes. and But the end goal is to recognize the truth or attain yes. the truth. Mm. But when you, yeah, like, does it almost seem like you, there's the fast forward option, yep. which is just straight A to Z, but then you go and get married and you got to go do the scenic route. Yeah. Are <laughs> <laughs> we just setting you ourselves up for failure? Well, and, we think so. Mm-hmm. Um, but according to the scriptures, it's not so. Right. There are two valid means, two valid paths for different personality types. Mm-hmm. And they're both equally valid. It's not one is setting up up for failure and the other one is a fast forward way over there. We'll address that today. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, what we'll be looking at is, like I said, we'll explore Dharma as a householder. And so Puja will kind of introduce us to what a householder is and who <laughs> classifies as a householder. And then I'll get into the, um, more about the, could I ever get realized as a householder? Yep. Um, and then Ishanji will walk us through the, the duties and the debts we must pay as householders. Okay. All right. Take it away. Uja. Sounds good. Um, okay. So I just wanted to define what a householder was because even I was confused when we were Mm -hmm. like preparing for this episode and so then I was schooled (laughs) just before we started (laughs) filming (laughs) Um, so I thought I wasn't a householder because I'm um, single and like I don't like I'm not married I like don't like I'm not running a house right so that's what I thought a householder was Mm -hmm. Um, but like it's actually in terms of like from Vedanta's point of view, a householder is actually someone who's just no longer a student. So now you've entered the workforce, you're officially an adult. It's just the like adulting part of life. And then Grahastha Ashrama is when you then get married and everything like that. So this stage that I'm in is kind of like an in-between between like being a student and then being a Grahastha Ashram person. So I'm still a householder. I'm just not like you're not the official Yeah, I'm yes. not in that ashrama. That's right. all. Yes. So that's the difference. So for all my single people out there, <laughs> we still got it. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're still householders. So I think that's that was really nice to clarify because then I can understand kind of the relevance of this episode for myself mm. um, and then other people who also are not in that grahastha life stage at the moment, even though we're working full time and we're kind of got all the other responsibilities. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... so the first stage of life, as you rightly said, is that student life, mm. right? Brahmacharya Ashrama. Once education is over, it is expected that the student knows what they want to do. Mm. Right? So it's either you 
want a grihastha life mm. where you have desires for a family you have desires um for physical and emotional intimacy mm. whether you have a partner or not in our minds it's clear what i want right and if that is what i want i'm falling under the grihastha category even though i may not have officially entered it mm. yeah so it's it's not just the external circumstances but also you have to take into consideration what is this person's thinking and their goals and their goals yeah. right mm. what do they gotcha. deem as their objective yeah and then there'll be a second group of people who have finished studying mm. and they say no i would like to dedicate my life to spirituality mm. for spiritual realization alone and before they are f- formally initiated into the path mm-hmm. they may be working in the world outside but yet they are still a, <coughs> a brahmachari a student because for them they are not even planning to go down the path of grahastha ashrama mm. so their thinking is different so externally both both of these individuals may be working in a company they may be running a business um but the thinking is very different one is actively looking for a partner yeah the other one has no such intentions and is very clear my objective is the spiritual goal and that is what i plan to do mm. it does not matter whether i do it formally or informally but this is what i want okay so that's what i guess that was my next question is that you can pursue it um quote unquote informally which is that you are still living and acting in the outside world but your goals are very clear in that for a certain period is, of time yeah okay so but eventually you have to move it, into it has to get formalized whether full-time. you formally get married yeah, yeah. or you formally get initiated into the spiritual life yeah it has to be it yeah it's just that formalizing makes it so much more concrete for us mm. um i think we discussed this idea when we were talking about marriages and it, it's just like would you work in a place where there's no contract put in place the contract is not just for the benefit of the employer but the benefit of the employee as well it protects both of them mm. the formalization of whether i'm a grahastha or a brahmachari yeah just makes it very clear very tangible to us and thereby protecting us and giving us a well defined set of do's and don'ts mm. rather than walking this murky gray area where I really don't know what I'm supposed to be doing because I haven't really committed to either path. Right. Yeah, because there are people out there who don't want to get married. Yeah. Um people who don't want to be in a relationship and don't really want to commit but they're still okay with seeing people. Like how do how do how does everyone fit in? Well, are they automatically still householders? If that's what they desire. Right. The fact that there is a desire for having a significant other in your life mm-hmm. means that is my path whether i'm able to commit or not commit that secondary okay but i want that or else why go see people so but you could still so not have the the want to be in a relationship and and so can well, you still i think there's just a phobia isn't it like the i don't know maybe there are the phobia of commitment just don't want to be but, in a relationship and they don't feel they don't get happiness in it from it but but you still want still everything want to, else that comes along with having a partner yes 
Yeah. Not me. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> I was gonna say, that's pretty quick. <laughs> yes. No, there are people like that, right? Because yes. I think I think also it's like such a vulnerable position to yeah. be in to put all your faith in someone like that, right? Yeah. So I think that's why you have this like, and that increasingly more and more people are in that little in between stage where they're kind of like, oh, like. I, I kind of want to be in a relationship, but like it's too much and it's like forever, like it's a very long time. Yeah, like, non-committal. Yeah. And, but then there's also the people who don't want it at all. Yes, and then but there's they people still who are just want not to, They still just want to... The physical be, intimacy. No, 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 no. Just like be a part of the world. Yep. And still work and... Yeah, so they don't want to be grahastas. They don't want a relationship at all, like yeah. not even in any sense of the word. And yeah. then they also are not really that keen to... um pursue a spiritual life so they're genuinely yeah. like smack bang in the middle yeah that. so what then <laughs> so <laughs> this from the spiritual point of view there must be commitment if there's no commitment there's no spiritual unfoldment mm. living a life as I feel right mm. as I deem as valid for me is not the spiritual way because I've been living a life as per my likes and dislikes, my whims and fancies all the time. And it has not led me anywhere. I can choose to, I have the freedom to just be ready to count this life as a write-off. Hmm. That's fine. The freedom is given, right? There's no hard and fast that you have to do this. Hmm. But just know what the costs of it are. You're wasting a human life. As in your human birth. That's fine. If you're okay with wasting your human birth instead of reaching its potential and finding that ultimate source of happiness, that inner peace and joy, that's okay. In Hinduism, there's it's not the last, right? There's no YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> you live again and again, right? So the next time you're born as a human, <laughs> try again next yeah. time. That's that's all we can say. Yeah. So the option is there, as in when we say the option is there, we are free to choose. Mm. But should we make the goal of our life spiritual unfoldment, then there is various paths given for different personality types yeah. and we have to live by them. So there are options, mm. but an option has to be picked. I cannot be in between and say, I will choose to live as I deem right. That's not acceptable. Okay, so let's say someone has chosen the route to head towards Grahastra Ashram, right? Mm. In their mind. In their mind. Yes, they want a relationship. What happens if they never get one or never find one? So this person has to understand the bigger picture as well. In fact, not just this person, everyone has to understand the bigger picture. The goal of whether it's a life of Brahmacharya or a life of Grahastha or a life of Sannyasa, it's towards realizing that inner happiness. That is the ultimate objective. Now, I may want something, but it may not materialize for me. Mm. Does that mean that I'm stuck now mm. or I have no other choice. But with right understanding, we can understand that, okay, this is not meant to be. Yes, I want it this way, but it's not happening. Mm. And so to 
sidestep that and commit ourselves to the final goal rather than an intermediate stage of life. Remember, even married life is only an intermediate stage. Mm. And so if this does not manifest for me, it's okay because my eyes is on the bigger goal. Yeah. The final destination. That is where I need to be. Right. I thought I was going to take the scenic route. It didn't mean to be. I and it's just not working out. Let me take the other route as long as I get to my destination. Mm. How does it matter? Mm. So that understanding helps a lot rather than um get bogged down by the circumstances in life. Yeah, because there's so many pressures out there, you know, like so many people being like get married when are you mm. getting married have you found yeah. someone or oh, go talk to this boy yeah. go talk to this girl yeah you know but but we also then, have to understand why are we saying no mm. there is no perfect partner right if you're yeah. waiting for the perfect partner to come along a perfect partner is a myth you try we've spoken about this that we have the physical personality the emotional the intellectual the spiritual out of four if you can get two or three you're great if you can align all four that's the best companion possible mm. but just get the ball rolling because if you really want a relationship start working with it you over time it will yeah i'll say it sounds like it's just settling though isn't it like you're settling if you're like no, just no, work no. with what you've got you're you're not settling you are getting your journey underway towards your final goal Like your your, desti- your destination <laughs> yeah. is of utmost importance. Yes. Okay, let's say I want to go down to Taupo. And I wanted a Tesla to drive down. Mm. And I go to the company which hires out cars and says we don't have any Teslas available. Mm. The best I have for you is a Toyota Yaris. Mm. What are you going to say? Oh, I'm settling. I'm not going to go to Taupo. That's so different. <laughs> Sorry. That's not the same. <laughs> No. Uh, remember what is of most importance is the final destination. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I have the ability to make my journey smooth and enjoyable with what is available to me after doing my best. We are not saying settle every single time. Mm. But sometimes there is no option and you may have to settle. I have to make the choice is it worthwhile giving up my final destination? because i do not have a comfortable journey to my destination as i had envisioned it as i had desired it it's a very personal question and really no one else can give you the i definitely can't it's mm. just for each one of us mm. to think about what is more important the end goal or the means of getting there but well, i mean like if you said that like you can like if it doesn't work out and then like you can sidestep the marriage part and just try to like focus on the end right So like if it doesn't like if you cuz obviously there's so many factors in terms of finding a finding a partner that you actually can't control um and so there's there's a lot that you kind of leave up to like you're kind of at the mercy of the universe at certain points in time um in terms of in terms of like saying that like you should just work with what you've got i feel like i don't know like that doesn't sit right with me personally okay. especially cuz i'm like in that journey right yeah. and like in that point of my journey and like i don't think i would i would personally rather just stay single than find out that my partner settled for me okay here's a question <laughs> that would right that's sag in a relationship do people not change mhm is there a guarantee that the person you got into a relationship is going to remain the way you want them to be the entire journey no 
right? Yeah. They may change for the worse. And then what are you going to do? No, but that's different because you don't start by. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? But I, do, I, I reached I, the I same. Do. You get like, it, right? You yeah, I'm the trying same to think. Point. I'm trying to think where you do not see eye to eye with that person. Y- yes, you started off on the same footing. Yeah, and you have diverged from each other. Mm. What is what goes to say that you may start off as different individuals, but you may align yourself in five years' time once you get into the relationship. I feel like, sorry, I feel like we're like diverting a lot from the topic, but I just want to say like, I think, um, no, it's just, I think it's so different if you like start off by not really seeing eye to eye and then you try to make that work versus that you already see eye to eye and then the love forms and then you have that love that you share and then you're fighting for something, right? Like you're, like you're, I feel like you're Some sort of common ground you're both at. Tolerance is higher in terms of like, compromise and your ability to like digest any sort of compromise if the love is already there if you start off with like half Mm. like half-hearted love Mm. i feel like that makes your entire journey that much more difficult going forward so we'll just touch upon this point and then move on sorry no no don't be sorry (laughs) that's absolutely (laughs) fine we talked about four levels of our personality Mm. physical emotional intellectual and spiritual. Mm. When we say love, love is just the emotional part. Yeah. Yes, it is a very strong one, but it's not enough. If my, if we align at the spiritual level, we understand that our goal is spiritual unfoldment. Mm -hmm. We may be hugely differing personality types, but that common grounds will be enough to sustain that relationship. You need not have intense love as an emotion as a part of that relationship it is understanding that actually goes the distance rather than that passion what we call as love mm. so is is this right understanding that we need to hold as in we go back to that example of two different cars available to get to a destination. <laughs> don't like this example. Yeah, that is, that's <laughs> yeah. a hard on, one to it, yeah. accept. It, is, it yeah. is a hard one to accept and I do not deny it at all. But we seem to be bogged down by the car that we want to drive to our destination rather than the destination. Mm. Which means that we are not clear of the destination of life. Yeah. And in Western ideology, in Western thinking... I, this is my and my uh, opinion alone, that often relationships are seen as the highest objective in life. Mm. In Eastern thinking, in spiritual thinking, it is not so. It is a part of the bigger picture. And therefore you have Western ideology. Everything is to do with love and for love, everything can be given up. Mm. Whereas in Eastern ideology, the highest is dharma and for dharma, everything can be given up. I, yeah, okay. And dharma leads to moksha. And for moksha, absolutely everything can be given up. Yeah, I would argue that that's not true in terms of how we've been growing up culturally. But I think maybe we'll table this for another episode because we are getting sidetracked a little bit. But I'll let Akash maybe take his so, right so Coming back to, we'll just uh, refocus on yeah. who is a grasta and who is a student. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's not necessary to do with the external circumstances. It is to do with our thinking. Yeah, and our intention. Our intentions as to what we desire. Mm. If we have desires for a relationship, a family, fine. 
no problems with that. It just means that whether I marry or not, I belong to that grahastha group because that's my thinking. And if I'm clear, that is not what I want. Spiritual goal is what I would like to pursue exclusively. Mm-hmm. Then I fall into the other category and I'm just waiting formalization on both ends. Mm. Right. Yeah. So now that I'm here, yeah. <laughs> I'm in this ashram. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And my, yes, like we said, it's taking the scenic route, scenic route and I know where my goal is. Yep. And the goal is to, oh, well, what we've, what we've been taught and what we learn is like, you don't want to acquire more desires and vast, you want to get rid of your vastness. Mm. Yes. Right. But it just seems like getting into this ashram brings more and more pain. You, know? you mean so, more desires? More desires. Yeah. You know, so first, okay, cool. We, we got married and now we're in the house and now we've got a mortgage and now I've got to mow the lawns and now yes. I've got to, we've got to keep the house clean and we've got to go. Like there's so many things you have to do. It's like dragging like, you back into the but You have to do a lot of those. I say a lot of those, not all of those. Even in a spiritual pursuit, just in a, in a different degree, there are still roles and responsibilities yeah. to be played. Their duties to be done, whether we like it or not. And then, but then, you know, <laughs> you also like, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't, like, I'm just trying to identify possible yes. issues, you yes. know, like I'm not, these, these are not <laughs> what I personally feel, yeah. you know, because then, cool, you have a family and then you've got kids, mm-hmm. right? And then you got to start living a life to support those kids. So you put your life on hold mm. or do you choose to live your life, you know? Yeah. And then you got to, if you have more than, more than like one child, let's say you got three and now you got to go three different kids activities. Mm. Times three. Everything is times you know? three. Yeah. And then the money that you're working for and you're earning has to go to these people. Yes. It has to. To keep them safe, keep them warm, to make yeah. sure they grow up as good people mm-hmm. and then you now have to teach them too I don't know if we've got the skills to even do that yeah. you know like <laughs> it's a daunting task isn't it sir you've signed yourself up for quite a big task yeah. I wish we thought about all of this before signing the dotted line <laughs> yes I do marry this person you know whereas like when you look on the other side hmm like that's the direct route yeah <laughs> yeah it is the direct route because the journey is a lot more intense. Mm. But what is happening in both the parts is identical. So that, I think that's what I was going to say. Is gr- the grass really greener on the other side? No, it's not. Mm. Right? It is courses for horses mm. or horses for courses. How does the... F- I actually have never heard that. I don't know what that means. I think it's horses for courses. It's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's Feel free to let us know. <laughs> horses for courses. Yeah. Right? Um, based on a personality type, we are better suited to one course or the other. Right. And that's the only difference. In both of them, what has to happen is a dilution of our ego. Mm. So what you are talking about, um, Akash, in terms of now I have to cater to my wife, then I have to Mm. cater to her family, then I have to cater to my kids and the second kid and the third kid and what about me? Mm. 
that what about me is the ego. And over there you're doing sequentially, first with one person, then a little bit more with the family, then the child, two people, three people, four people, etc. Yeah. So you're slowly diluting out your ego. Serving. By serving. Mm. By working with them or for them, right? So your self-inclusivity is increasing step by step. Whereas on the spiritual path, LB said, okay, here is an institution with a hundred people. You have to cater to the well-being of all of them. Well, yeah. Right? Mm. And then you say, what about me? You can't ask that question now. It's not one by one. All of a sudden, you have to start dealing with totality. Mm. But the end goal is dilution of the ego. One happens faster, one happens slower. Yeah. As long as this is clear in my mind, we'll never worry about, or oh, maybe I made the wrong step. Mm. Right? Because it's not the other path does not take me there. However, in saying that, living a worldly life can get us sidetracked relatively easily. Where we lose the vision of our final destination and we get caught up in the humdrum of things and we start picking either career as the most important thing or our spouse as the most important person or our children's welfare as the most important thing. The most important thing is the final destination. Because, mm. yeah, that's just what happened. That's like kind of what's happened to me in this beginning stage of the year, mm. you know, where like work and life just, like you you just forget the spiritual path, you know, yeah. and that, like spirituality encompasses everything. And I think there was a class we had last year where, you know, people were saying that it's hard to come to class because they've got the family to look after, but also that you can also grow spiritually through raising the family, mm. you know, yes. and everything you can, you do can be spiritualized. So it's not that you're not spiritual. Yes. It's that you're just not, it's the, the way you go about it isn't. Yeah. Or it can be, you know? Yeah. So spirituality cannot be localized to coming to class. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it is, has to do everything. It, it has, has to, to do everything. Yeah. But it, yes, it starts over there. You can't yeah. say, I won't come to class and I'm very spiritual as well. Yeah. No. I, that studying has to be understanding deeper concepts, how to live life, how to think differently, what the scriptures say. I have to learn that. Mm. Because yeah. it, we're not steeped in it. Mm. And because that is such an important need, going to class is one of the aspects. Yes, a very critical one. But at a, after a certain point, I and there may be times when I may not be able to attend class, but I still have to make time for studying on a daily basis. Mm, yeah. Which will help me navigate through all situations without losing sight of the ultimate goal. But it is very easy to get caught up in it. Mm. Yeah. That is true. We yeah. don't deny that. But that's the... Each path has its own pros and cons. Mm. Yep. Right? So over in, in the Grahastha Ashrama, things may be slowly growing, but it has its own beauty. It has its own um, perks to offer. It's often a lot more enjoyable because it's a lot less intense. Mm. Um, but yes, there are many sidetracks where you can find yourself in and you may get lost over there or get stuck. 
Whereas on the highway, there are no exits. There's one straight road. It may be very boring, but it's intense and it gets you quicker. What personality type are you? Understanding that, make the right choice. Mm. And I think even just on a reflection as well, it's just have like reminding ourselves daily, like what the goal is. Yeah. Yeah. Like we just we just forget yeah. and we get caught up in the day to day. Yeah, you know that swadhyaya daily study of scriptures yeah. is so so important. Yeah, and sadhana, mm. right? To daily bring this mind a little bit more under our control rather than let those desires and whims and fancies yeah overpower my better judgment yeah and take me down the wrong track yeah because we know what we are doing wrong we know mm. what is to be done. But sometimes our mind does not allow it because we haven't trained it enough. It overpowers us. Yeah. So the swadhyaya and sadhana has to go on um, for a relatively long period of time continuously, means on a daily basis, before we are able to say, okay, even if I do not go to classes for a few days or a few weeks, I'd be able to hold on to the ideas. I don't get completely lost mm-hmm. or um, washed away. By the overwhelming circumstances in my life, I guess that moves us quite nicely onto the the dharmas, the duties, yeah. the duties. <laughs> yes, and understanding this that grahastha life has a lot of sidetracks available mm. in which people can get lost. A prescriptive living is given to them, a certain set of duties that they have to do and once they are done with that they are free to pursue or follow their other desires for us the problem is multiplied because we tend to put our duties second and our desires first whereas the scriptural way of living is do your duties first and then address your desires mm. we're not saying don't have desires but do your duties first mm. Can you just give an example of what you mean between like duty and desire? Right. So one of uh, we'll answer that question just remind me after right. we've listed down the duties. Right? Cool. So once we understand the duties, yep. it'll become easier to understand how we move away from mm. it. Yep. Right. So the way life unfolds because we are not an island we are interlinked with the environment, with the people, with the society around us. We constantly take from all avenues. And it is said that as a human, we have taken from five particular avenues and we owe it to them during our life to give back. And these are called the pancha rinas. Rina means debt, pancha means five. Mm. So we have five debts to repay. Mm. and that is just because we are born as a human and we have grown up to become an adult in that process itself we have taken from these five avenues and we need to give back and what are these five debts the first one is called Devarina the debt to the gods first I'll just link um, enumerate them them, and then we'll go into it the second one is called Rishirina the debt owed to the um, sages. The third one is called Pitrarina, the debt 
owed to ancestors, including our parents, mm-hmm. uh, all the preceding generations. The fourth one is called Bhurina, or the debt to the world around us, the environment, the animals, the birds, etc. And the fifth one is called Nrurina, the debt to mankind, the society and the community around us. Yeah. Mm. So now if we look at life, we have been blessed by all these five to become who we are today. Mm. Why did we get this human birth? Blessings of the Lord. Right? Um, air is for free. Water is for free. The sun. The sun is for free. Mm. Who's giving all of this? Mm. It is these, um, in spirituality, we attribute every element and every facet of creation with a presiding deity. Mm. which um, presides over it and allows all the functions to happen properly in line. So we have been blessed by these devatas. Each one of our senses are functioning. Many people don't have all their senses functioning or even their physical abilities are limited to a certain degree. The fact that we have been blessed to be able to see properly, hear properly, act properly, think yeah. properly, it is the blessings of these devatas. Mm-hmm. So we have to acknowledge it and we repay this debt by worship, by gratitude and by acknowledgement. Nothing big has to be done, mm. but we have to recognize the play of this divine hand which could have gone either way, really speaking. So we repay Devarina through prayer, worship, and acknowledgement, gratitude. The next one is called Rishirina, the debt to the um, saints and sages. We've been born into a culture and a heritage which is so rich in philosophy, in its expression, in whether it's art form, or it's um, science. Mm-hmm. And all of this has just come to us. We haven't really worked for it. And therefore we owe it to the rishis to A, learn what they have given us and pass it down to the next generation. This is how we pay off the rishirina, the debt to the rishis. You study what has been taught and you pass it down to the next generation. Maintaining the lineage is all we can do for them. They don't want anything else. The third one is Pitrarina, the debt we owe to our ancestors and our parents. Now, parents, we understand. But we also should recognize that we belong to a lineage of some family traditions, family values, which each of the ancestors lived up to and passed it down to the next one. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it has come to us. We are who we are because of our parents. They are who they are because of their parents. Who are who they are because of their parents. So this lineage has helped us, whether we choose to acknowledge it or not. Mm. And so to continue family traditions down, to have progeny, to pass on these teachings and ideas, is, is paying off your pitraruna. It's so beautiful and so scientific. We have taken, so we owe it to them. And the moment we stop doing these things, 
culture and society and philosophy and spirituality, everything gets lost. So we understand the debt to our parents at least, mm. Mm. at least in the Hindu culture. Whereas in some other cultures, it's not that prevalent. And mm. they feel, no, they did... They didn't do me any favor, right? I am my own man. They are their own individuals. We were together. They brought me up. End of story. There's nothing more between us anymore. Whereas that is not the understanding in Hindu culture, in Sanatan Dharma. The fourth one is Bhurina. We have taken from the environment. We, the birds and the bees and the animals, they whole they work together to maintain this ecological balance to help life flourish on earth. Mm. We owe it to the environment and the animals <laughs> and the birds and the insects to do our best to look after it. We understand this today because we have long disregarded it. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, the moment bees go away, there will be no food. Mm. Yeah. We don't recognize that. No pollination. Yeah. Mm. The moment there are certain... Um, Animals which disappear, the ones down or up the food chain suddenly also yep. disappear or blow in number and the whole thing is set out of balance. Mm. So it is our responsibility to utilize mindfully. And if we are utilizing it, we have to do it in a way that is sustainable, mm. which does not harm us in the long run. So we have a duty towards them. And the final one is towards the society around us, the community around us. So how do we repay this debt? By giving charity towards schools, building hospitals or giving charity towards hospitals. Um, helping those in need, serving guests. You know, um, in our tradition, there is the statement, Atiti Devo Bhava. That when a guest comes uninvited, treat them like God. Mm, yeah. And the idea is the whole society is one and we have to learn to cater to everyone. Mm. And so when a grahastha lives their dharma, fulfilling the duties towards all these five, their ego automatically dilutes out to a great, great degree. Desires are everything in addition to these. And you can see how we give up our worship, puja. We give up our responsibility towards the welfare of society. We give up the responsibility of welfare towards the environment, towards our ancestors, to fulfill our desires. Yeah. Right? Mm. So, for example, next weekend is Shivratri. Bhagwan has given me so much. Can't I dedicate one day in his worship? Now, if people have a party to attend on a Friday night, Shivratri goes out the door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, there are certain days which, are, which cannot be dedicated to anything else because I have a duty towards the gods. Mm. Again, it just reminds me, it just makes me like think we get, we're so confused, you know, yes. so outwardly focused and outwardly 
drawn and driven that because we're, we're just l like looking for the, the rewards that we can see, feel, touch, you know, yeah. that like, because you, you know, you can't see all these internal things and that internal happiness. Mm. Yeah. And, and this idea of dhanam, right? Charity. Yeah. It is said one should give to educational organizations, healthcare organizations, mm -hmm. um, spiritual organizations. So spiritual organizations will fall under that Rishi Vena because they're taken up the role of spreading and disseminating this knowledge. We may not be able to do it directly, but we can be part of an institution that does it. Right? So when they come asking for donation or charity, we normally say, this year I have to go to Switzerland for a holiday. Therefore, I cannot afford to give a donation. Whereas the traditional way of thinking would be, you give your donation. If you have more money, you can go to Switzerland. Mm. So we, yeah. And now we can understand how we compromise our duties for our desires. Mm. And it is this ideology or this thinking that desires are more important than duties that gets us sidetracked and caught up in these various aspects of life rather than holding on to that main path, which is scenic, but it will take us to the final destination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Guaranteed. It's mind boggling the amount of insights our Rishi's had. Yeah. And I, I guess when they have seen civilizations rise and fall, they've seen what people do wrong, where they have the mistakes that were made and what should be omitted and what should be included. And they've given this prescribed way of life for a spiritual unfoldment and for materialistic growth and success and peace and harmony in the world outside. All we have to do is follow it. I was, yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. We don't even have to understand Steps are right it, there. Right? We yeah. don't even have to understand. If we understand it, great, we'll never deviate away from it. But even if we don't understand it and we live it, we'll reap the benefits of it. But we think momentary pleasure is the greatest happiness there is. Yeah. I really like the, the five debts mm, yeah, and the five same. duties, you know? Yeah. Because I think what it does is it allows us to have or just to like kind of survey our own life yeah. and see what we, where we are and what we're currently doing. And then um, when we turn our intention to the actual understanding mm. and the meaning behind it, and when you think about, oh, actually, how did I even get here? Mm. You know, like someone had to leave India to come on a plane. Or a boat. On a boat. Actually, my great grandfather came on a boat, you know, and like some great divine intervention had to happen for him to think I'm leaving here mm -hmm. and for me to have ended up here, for me to only result in being here. Yeah. And so in our culture, there's this one day called um, Pitru Tosh, Ritu, Pitru Tarpanam, mm. right? Where there is Shadha a day which is, or I think it's a month, where it is dedicated to remembering your ancestors and offering your gratitude to them. Yeah. And so that happens every year so that lest we forget. 
we do it for Anzac, don't we? Mm. The soldiers who fought on our behalf. What about the ancestors who have done so much on our behalf to give us the future, to give us the present that we have today? Don't we owe it to them? Just to acknowledge it and recognize it, I think it makes us a better person mm. to know what they have sacrificed. And maybe it will inspire us to be a little less self-centered and think about the future communities and the future generations rather than, I don't care what happens to the earth in a hundred years, as long as I'm here, everything should be fine. So let's just keep on living the way I'm living. That's not on. It's not a sustainable way of living. So yeah, these five deaths are amazing to think about and to start living by. Mm -hmm. And this is what we call as dharma. You know, yeah. These are our duties. And duties come before desires. Desires are not bad. Certain ones are and they should be you say no to them altogether. Mm -hmm. um, but there are certain ones, I want a new car, fine. Mm. Go for it. You want to go for a holiday, go for it. Let the duties not be compromised. You're triggering us with the mm. new car. <laughs> 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 we'll talk about that, but no, it's, it's yeah. Um, I think it's been a great discussion in terms of kind of outlining what to do when you're in this Grahastra Ashram, mm. you know, a lot of people just getting married and like up, up, appearance do the best they can, mm. but without this further understanding of this knowledge, you know, mm. and how you can actually live a more spiritually led life kind of does make me wonder yeah. what yeah. if, you know, in terms of what Ishanji was saying about, the person you choose to live your life with. Mm. We'll talk about that in another <laughs> episode. <laughs> All right. Anything Anything more to add from you guys? No. I, I think I've said what I wanted to. Yeah, I think it's been a, a great episode. I feel like we've covered a lot of things. Mm. We have. We have we something have been, to think about. Yeah. Maybe we listen to the episode. Um, and then, especially the five renas, the yeah. five um, debts yep. that we have incurred that we owe the world around us, basically. And then, yeah, the analysis that comes off that, you know, there's yeah. something that we can implement into our daily life, yeah. daily routine straight away. Yeah, absolutely. So I definitely encourage people to think about that. All right. Very good. Thank <laughs> you very much, everyone. Thank you for tuning in uh, to another episode. Hariyom. 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 Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmaya Mission New Zealand. For more information on events, courses, SEVA projects and study groups, please visit chinmaya.org.nz. Hurry on.